Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I'm here today with Mandy, and we are continuing through the Psalms. Hopefully, You are enjoying it. I am finding out that I am enjoying it more than I thought I was going to. Yeah. Same. (laughs) Actually, you know what? I I am enjoying it, but I feel like I'm hearing them in a different way than I've ever read them. And I wonder if it's because I already have the certain one, like certain lines underlined in my Bible. So I just like always go back to those Mm. and they mean something to me. But reading them from this different Bible that isn't underlined and reading them all in a row like this. Yeah, they are. I'm seeing new things, which I think is kind of cool. Is it informing you also like informing is probably not the right word, but is it influencing you also having that we just like did the whole David journey? Yes. Yeah. Which I think is the whole point of this podcast. It's God's whole story. So it's not it's not just picking and choosing pieces. Right. Um, So, yes, having come out of just learning about David's life. Yeah. The Psalms are more interesting to me. So something that we were just talking about was, you know, Today's reading of the Psalms, uh, a lot of them involve a lot of asking God to murder people and like repay them for all the evil they've done. And I just was saying like, hey, this, I I don't think with Jesus coming and him showing us this new way to live, I don't, this doesn't match up with how I think Jesus would ask us to respond to our enemies. Um, his, his response and his directive is bless your enemies, bless them and don't curse them. That's a huge ask. Um, because what David has here is a lot of real feelings and real emotions. And that's what I think we're reading. I don't think we're reading a prescriptive prayer language, right? So we're not like mimicking this in our journals. Well, Well, maybe we are. I think that's, I think that's the nuance. I think that we are getting a lot of unedited feelings. You know, it's almost like just a train of thought. Um, and I was saying to Mandy earlier before we turn this thing on is like, it is tricky because David actually was like a pretty murdery dude. Right. So like we can actually believe him when he's saying all this, that he really did want this to happen. Yeah. Like there, there is some level of when I talk about judgment, I have the power to bring judgment. So, Mm. you know, and, and that's the, that's the tricky nuance part. So Jesus would have been familiar with these. We talked a couple days ago about Psalm 22, um, he would have known about the Psalms when he was talking about like, pray for your enemies. Don't, right. you know, don't persecute those who persecute you, bless them. Um, so I think we, I think we have hyperbole in here. Like, I think we have him speaking in like broad sweeping terms. I think there is some level of, he actually does desire some of these things. I think at the same time, um, God is still judging, like ruling and reigning and judging. And that's not something we talk about a ton, um, so it's, it's also not language that we're super comfortable with because right. it's like, Oh, judgment feels gross, but God is still upholding the righteous and judging the wicked in a way that's unique to our time. I think that is different than David's time, which was like, raise up these armies and kill those dudes. Right. And I was reading as we were reading Psalm 35, um, you know, he makes mention of like being thrown in a pit several times and saying like, you know, repay all those people who dug this pit for me, let them fall in their own pit themselves. And while I was reading, it made me think of the story of Joseph who literally got thrown in the pit by his own family. And then later on in his life, those were the very people, the very people who threw them in the, threw him in the pit were the very people that he had an opportunity to serve. 
he held a lot of power at the end of that story. He didn't have to actually help them or serve them. But in my, when I think about what, what is like a Christ-like response, that is a Christ-like response. Like when you have the power um, and you use it for good, when you absolutely have every right to not, um, that's a really beautiful picture of what like living like Jesus looks like. And so every time David talked about a pit, all I could think about was Joseph Mm. and how Joseph's life could have been extremely different if his prayers were constantly, you know, take out all my brothers who did, I can't believe they did this to me. I didn't deserve this. Take them out, take them out, take them out, take them out, but spare me, but take them out. That would have, we would have missed a really beautiful picture of redemption. And I think maybe what's missing in that story is we don't have a, a prayer journal from Joseph. So, oh, you right, you right. So, you know, maybe maybe Joseph did, probably probably Joseph had some thoughts of like, oh my gosh, remember my family threw me in a pit? I'm kind of upset about that. <laughs> remember when? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of a little perturbed. You're right. We don't uh, have his journal. We don't. We do have David's journal. And David writes some pretty crazy things um, that is not, like you said, prescriptive. Like, yeah. Probably it would not be great if you start praying judgment on your enemies and you start like putting together everything to pull that all off. Yeah. That's when it's like, probably start to talk to some other people. <laughs> or do what David does. Turn that whole thing around at the end and say, God, search me, search my heart. You're like, when I'm in your presence, God, like actually I'm the only one that you can really deal with yeah. here, you know? So yeah, no, you're right. We don't have his journal. Fine. All right. David, you're fine. You're not fine, but let's go to Psalm 37. <laughs> so we both uh, we both said that we resonate some with Psalm 37. Uh, I think we were both kind of interested in reading through this. Uh, the reason that I resonate with Psalm 37 is actually because I didn't actually care about the whole chapter. I just cared about a couple lines. <laughs> Sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> and those couple lines were real important to me in uh, certain parts of my life. Um, and the actual story is pretty stupid, um, but I really... There was a time in my life where I read uh, three and four a lot. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you'll live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Um, I was like, I was actually like dating this girl who I'm not married to now, not at the same time. uh, Before I met Jenny, who's been on the podcast. Got it. uh, I was dating this girl and there was like tons of tension. It seemed like everything was like very awful. And I just kept reading this psalm over and over. I think because I just like flipped the Bible open and picked this one day. And so I was like, all right, God's going to give me the desires of my heart. I know that to be true. And the great thing is, I still know that to be true. And I also know now that it wasn't that. So Because it was a desire of your heart really to be in a dramatic relationship? Exactly. No. Exactly. It was like, okay, this is not actually what God has. Um, And so I think the reason that Psalm 37 resonates with me, because I do believe it to be true, but I also believe that as we live through our lives and we go like through this discipleship process of getting to know Jesus, the desire of our heart comes more in line with the desires of God's heart, uh, and it actually changes. So there may be a point, and maybe some of you that are listening, like you may be really resonating with, man, I really need God to give me this desire of my heart. And you may find out eventually that that desire wasn't from God. Yeah. Um, And he will hold up his end of this bargain. He will give you the desires of your heart, but he will also reveal to you what wasn't true. Yeah. And I think God actually does things in an order that makes sense. Yeah. So um, he's often, you know, baby stepping it with us. Well, the way that this Psalm starts out, don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong for like the grass. Hold on. My old lady eyes can't see this script for like grass. They soon fade away like spring flowers. They soon wither. And he often throughout this whole thing, kind of reminds himself 
hey, I'm looking around and I'm seeing all these wicked people prosper, Lord. Can you like actually do something about this? And I was thinking of a passage in Ecclesiastes that says, um, it's actually out of, I wish I, I was trying to find it and embarrassingly, oh, there it is. (laughs) I was having a hard time finding Ecclesiastes in the Bible. And I was like, no, no, I know exactly where it is in the bottom right-hand corner highlighted in pink. In Ecclesiastes 4, it says, then I observed that most people are motivated to success because they envy their neighbors. And that line always sticks out to me because it's like, what is the motive of my heart, right? So as David's looking around at all these people who are successful and being like, how are they, Ryan, what? Your eyebrows went up. How is this not about Instagram right now? Talk to us. I can't even wait to talk about no, this. No, I just interrupted you. That's so rude. No, it's perfect. Well, I think like, so that passage is like, stop paying attention to everybody who's prospering. Yeah. There's another passage later on that says, it's better to be godly and have little than to be evil and rich. Yep. We don't all necessarily look out our windows every day and envy the people around us. We do almost consistently every day stare at our phones and envy other people's lives. Hey, who's uh, dropping truth bombs? Uh, it's a thing. It is a thing, 100%. <laughs> and I'm and I, I'm not buying it. I have a whole podcast I'm going to do, and it's called Not Buying It. And I have one episode, and it's where I just list things that I don't believe. Yeah. <laughs> but then the podcast is over. I don't have anything else. Um, but I think you make a really great point. I know I'm not on the popular side of this opinion, but I think I think there's probably some heart searching to do with those kind of habits. Yeah. It's like if if man, if and I know it doesn't feel like that's what we're doing, but it is what we're doing. Yeah. Like, hey, look at this person I haven't talked to in ten years. Their family's so great. Why isn't our family great? Yeah. And even if you never say that out loud, something's happening. It's in there. It's in there. It's and, in there. And when it even comes to like then people be like, No, I don't I don't do that. I just follow like influencers. It's like, okay, but have they influenced you? Have they influenced how you decorate your house, the things you buy, what you think is important? You know what I mean? And it's like not that we can't be influenced by things, um, because some things are really good, but I think it's always a matter of check your heart. And so this psalm starts out with like God, I'm looking around and I am actually really annoyed that all these other people are getting the very thing I want. And I find it interesting that in just a few verses later, he says, please give me the desires of my heart. These things are not separate issues. And so I think when you have these strong desires for something, I don't know what it is, a job, a place to live, a house, whatever, like a spouse, whatever, a mouse, it just kept rhyming. But my my point is, (laughs) when you have these deep desires and everybody else around you is getting them, before you, I think you have to get really honest with yourself. And I think it would be really easy um, to start to get bitter, maybe. Um, this psalm keeps taking us back to, yeah, 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 but God says, we pointed it out in a little bit um, before we started recording, I think, but God, he makes mention of the flowers in the field. Yeah. But the wicked will all die. The Lord's enemies are like flowers in a field. They will disappear like smoke. And he he makes this other line, or he says this other line that just says like, yo, everybody was doing like all these amazing su- successful things, getting everything they wanted right in front of my eyes. And then I looked up again and they were all gone. And I, I wonder, I was saying this to my girls the other day because they had this little incident at the skating rink where these girls were staring at them the wrong way. And, um, I said to them, if this isn't, if this issue isn't going to matter in five days from now or five weeks from now, it's then let's not let it matter now. I think maybe we're misreading somebody's body language and in all honesty, half their face is covered with a mask. So like we're really reading into a lot of eyebrows right now. And my point was sometimes we can get so hung up on everybody else's dreams coming true, or even if people are truly mistreating you, uh, we forget that life is built 
out of seasons. It's not going to last forever. Uh, people don't get away with everything forever. And it's actually not our job to take care of it. So here's a unique thing that would have been going on with David. Like he was actually watching literal kingdoms rise and fall. Like he yeah. saw, he saw Saul becoming, sorry guys. <laughs> he observed Saul there we go. Um, rising and falling. Yeah. Like, oh, that's a wicked king. And he saw that being taken away from him. We actually, a lot of times in our lives today, don't actually have that uh, luxury. So we see a lot of people rising we rarely see people falling, those same people. And and maybe this feels a little bit heavy. I'm not sure. Like we're not we're not out to see people rise and fall. No. But what I'm saying is, particularly in that um online social media kind of perspective, is that a lot of times like that full scope, full narrative thing is not available to us. And and I think we don't need to, like we should not be rejoicing in people falling, no, right? That's no, not no, what no. you're saying at all. I think the point in all of this is that actually um, David saw it so many times. He saw the rising and the falling so many times yes. that he is convinced, I actually don't need to put my, uh, my attention there because if I'm so worried about them rising, um, I'm actually going to waste my life watching everybody else's life. And that's what I'm saying. I think, I think, I think in our culture today, we have a larger blind spot um, because we we are very public about our successes and not public at all about our failures. And so it's very common that we see someone doing well and we ask ourselves, like, this this can't possibly be true. I can see them. They're doing fantastic. Like, this is not yeah, real. Like, I don't, right. I don't actually need this. Right. If I just chase after that, I'll get it. Right. And it's like, well, there's a lot that people are not showing. There's a lot that people are not seeing. It's not like Saul where it's like, okay, he's a wicked dude. He's like going after seers. He's taking over places he shouldn't. He's keeping stuff for himself when he shouldn't. And then all of a sudden his kingdom is gone. Right. And David's right at the center of all that. Yeah. What I'm saying is like, we're not always at the center of all that, but it remains true that like when we are leaning in, we're hearing God's voice, we're, we're following his direction. We are in a, much better place. Oh my gosh. You, if you think about your life as a garden, okay, planting and and sowing and reaping and all these things, right? If you are looking at your neighbor's garden the whole time, envying the tulips that are growing over there, um, you're actually still never going to get tulips in your garden. So the best thing you can do um, is not hope that weeds crush their tulips. The best thing you can do is plant tulips yourself. And ask God what it is he has for you. So go back to the Psalms that talk about God is the giver of like insight and wisdom and direction and all of that. And God's really asking each and every one of us, can you stay in your lane? Like, can you actually trust me for the timing of your life for what I have set before you? It's what David did like in the, before he was really like like the 20 years where he was like preparing to be king. He stayed in his lane. Um, He didn't try to get into the lane too soon. He really stayed where he needed to be. And I think when I read Psalm 37, that's what it reminds me that like, we're not rejoicing when people fall. We're not hoping that everybody fails. I I think actually the point is to take my attention off of whether they rise or fall because actually not my, it's not even anything that I need to be worried about. What I need to be concerned about is like, what's God asking Mandy to do? What have you set before Mandy? And let me be successful in that. Um, When we do that, I think we can live a very lovely life because we're actually then abiding in God's presence. Guys, thank you so much for listening today. Uh, We have been really going through a lot of Psalms. And again, expect God to show up um, in these when you're reading them. If you pick one today to focus on, 
expect God to say something to you very personally. And um, I'm excited to hear about it. So if you want to email us anything that, that God's doing in your life, anything you're learning, uh, we would love to hear it. Ryan, what is the email address? Uh, podcasts at worshipcenter.org. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Psalm 35. O Lord, oppose those who oppose me. Fight those who fight against me. Put on your armor and take up your shield. Prepare for battle and come to my aid. Lift your spear and javelin against those who pursue me. Let me hear you say, I will give you victory. Bring shame and disgrace on those trying to kill me. Turn them back and humiliate those who want to harm me. Blow them away like chaff in the wind, a wind sent by the angel of the Lord. Make their path dark and slippery with the angel of the Lord pursuing them. I did them no wrong, but they laid a trap for me. I did them no wrong, but they dug a pit to catch me. So let sudden ruin come upon them. Let them be caught in the trap they set for me. Let them be destroyed in the pit they dug for me. Then I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be glad because he rescues me. With every bone in my body, I will praise him. Lord, who can compare with you? Who else rescues the helpless from the strong? Who else protects the helpless and poor from those who rob them? Malicious witnesses testify against me. They accuse me of crimes I know nothing about. They repay me evil for good. I am sick with despair. Yet when they were ill, I grieved for them. I denied myself by fasting for them, but my prayers returned unanswered. I was sad as though they were my friends or family, as if I were grieving for my own mother. But they are glad now that I am in trouble. They gleefully join together against me. I am attacked by people I don't even know. They slander me constantly. They mock me and call me names. They snarl at me. How long, O Lord, will you look on and do nothing? Rescue me from their fierce attacks. Protect my life from these lions. Then I will thank you in front of the great assembly. I will praise you before all the people. Don't let my treacherous enemies rejoice over my defeat. Don't let those who hate me without cause gloat over my sorrow. They don't talk of peace. They plot against innocent people who mind their own business. They shout, aha, aha, with our own eyes, we saw him do it. O Lord, you know all about this. Do not stay silent. Do not abandon me now, O Lord. Wake up, rise to my defense. Take up my case, my God and my Lord. Declare me not guilty, O Lord, my God, for you give justice. Don't let my enemies laugh about me and my troubles. Don't let them say, look, we got what we wanted. Now we will eat him alive. May those who rejoice in my troubles be humiliated and disgraced. May those who triumph over me be covered with shame and dishonor. But give great joy to those who came to my defense. Let them continually say, great is the Lord who delights in blessing his servant with peace. Then I will proclaim your justice and I will praise you all day long. Psalm 36. Sin whispers to the wicked deep within their hearts. They have no fear of God at all. In their blind conceit, they cannot see how wicked they really are. Everything they say is crooked and deceitful. They refuse to act wisely or do good. They lie awake at night, hatching sinful plots. Their actions are never good. They make no attempt to turn from evil. Your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains, your justice like the ocean depths. You care for people and animals alike, O Lord. How precious is your unfailing love, O God. All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. You feed them from the abundance of your own house, letting them drink from your river of delights. For you are the fountain of life, the light by which we see. Pour out your unfailing love on those who love you. Give justice to those with honest hearts. Don't let the proud trample me or the wicked push me around. Look, those who do evil have fallen. They are thrown down, never to rise again. Psalm 37. 
Don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. For like grass, they soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they soon wither. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. For the wicked will be destroyed, but those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. Soon the wicked will disappear. Though you look for them, they will be gone. The lowly will possess the land and will live in peace and prosperity. The wicked plot against the godly. They snarl at them in defiance. But the Lord just laughs, for he sees their day of judgment coming. The wicked draw their swords and string their bows to kill the poor and the oppressed, to slaughter those who do right. But their swords will stab their own hearts, and their bows will be broken. It is better to be godly and have little than to be evil and rich. For the strength of the wicked will be shattered, but the Lord takes care of the godly. Day by day, the Lord takes care of the innocent, and they will receive an inheritance that lasts forever. They will not be disgraced in hard times. Even in famine, they will have more than enough. But the wicked will die. The Lord's enemies are like flowers in a field. They will disappear like smoke. The wicked borrow and never repay, but the godly are generous givers. Those the Lord blesses will possess the land, but those he curses will die. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. Once I was young, and now I am old, yet I have never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. The godly always give generous loans to others, and their children are a blessing. Turn from evil and do good, and you will live in the land forever. For the Lord loves justice, and he will never abandon the godly. He will keep them safe forever, but the children of the wicked will die. The godly will possess the land and will live there forever. The godly offer good counsel. They teach right from wrong. They have made God's law their own, so they will never slip from his path. The wicked wait in ambush for the godly, looking for an excuse to kill them. But the Lord will not let the wicked succeed or let the godly be condemned when they are put on trial. Put your hope in the Lord. Travel steadily along his path. He will honor you by giving you the land. You will see the wicked destroyed. I have seen wicked and ruthless people flourishing like a tree in its native soil. But when I look again, they were gone. Though I searched for them, I could not find them. Look at those who are honest and good for a wonderful future awaits those who love peace. But the rebellious will be destroyed. They have no future. The Lord rescues the godly. He is their fortress in times of trouble. The Lord helps them, rescuing them from the wicked. He saves them and they find shelter in him. Psalm 38. O Lord, don't rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your rage. Your arrows have struck deep and your blows are crushing me. Because of your anger, my whole body is sick. My health is broken because of my sins. My guilt overwhelms me. It is a burden too heavy to bear. My wounds fester and stink because of my foolish sins. I am bent over and racked with pain. All day long, I walk around filled with grief. A raging fever burns within me and my health is broken. I am exhausted and completely crushed. My groans come from an anguished heart. You know what I long for, Lord. You hear my every sigh. My heart beats wildly. My strength fails, and I am going blind. My loved ones and friends stay away, fearing my disease. Even my own family stands at a distance. Meanwhile, my enemies lay traps to kill me. Those who wish me harm make plans to ruin me. All day long, they plan their treachery. But I am deaf to all their threats. I am silent before them as one who cannot speak. I choose to hear nothing, and I make no reply. For I am waiting for you, O Lord. You must answer for me, O Lord my God. I pray, don't let my enemies gloat over me or rejoice at my downfall. 
I am on the verge of collapse, facing constant pain, but I confess my sins. I am deeply sorry for what I have done. I have many aggressive enemies. They hate me without reason. They repay me for evil for good and oppose me for pursuing good. Do not abandon me, O Lord. Do not stand at a distance, my God. Come quickly to help me, O Lord, my Savior. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.